The Thomistic Institute's Study Abroad program is currently accepting applications for the spring of 2023. Our program, Ancient and Medieval Rome, Crossroads of Intellectual Traditions, brings university students from around the world to the heart of the eternal city of Rome. They'll live just minutes from the Colosseum, and they'll study at the world-renowned Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas. Visit ThomisticInstitute.org forward slash Rome to learn more. Financial aid and scholarships are available to qualifying students. This talk is brought to you by the Thomistic Institute. For more talks like this, visit us at ThomisticInstitute.org. So I'll just read you a passage from um, St. John's Gospel, which is seasonal, uh, shall we say. Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? So we'll ask the, the spirit of, of truth uh, to come down upon us during this talk, uh, to guide us into all truth and to enlighten our, our consciences as well. Um, so let, let's get into it. Um, some classical um, well statements on on on, on, on conscience. Uh, Saint Bonaventure, thirteenth century. Uh, conscience is like God's herald uh, and messenger. So it, it gives the message. Uh, it echoes in some uh, sense the, the the voice of God. Uh, again, uh, 19th century, uh, quite similar, but, you know, such a, a separation in periods. Uh, conscience from St. John Henry Newman. Conscience is a messenger from him who, both in nature and in grace, speaks to us uh, behind a veil. So the same idea, a message being transmitted and uh, a little more mysterious here, you know, the, the, the veiled language, you could say, uh, perhaps at times of, of God, or the veiled transmission of an important uh, message. The word conscience uh, derives from the Greek uh, word uh, sunedesis, uh, which we could translate as knowing uh, with oneself. Uh, so a kind of a self-awareness, uh, uh, a part of one's own uh, knowing or, 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 or knowledge. Okay, so um, just building on that just a small bit. Um, this is again is, is Newman uh, on conscience and also needs his work on the difficulties regarding conscience as well. Um, the supreme being has the attributes of justice, truth, wisdom, sanctity, benevolence, and mercy as eternal characteristics of, in his nature, the very law of his being, identical with himself. And next, when he became creator, he implanted 
this law, which is himself, in the intelligence of all his rational creatures. So Newman is making um, a very important uh, connection between law, the maker, say divine law, moral truth, moral law, and our rational capacity. Okay, something has been instilled on us by our very existing uh, that we can't escape. So the catechism tells us that man, the human person, detects a law uh, within himself. Uh, do good, very simply, and avoid evil, uh, which we can't uh, escape. That law is there to be discovered or uh, it's, it, it precedes us or it pre-exists us in, 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 in some sense. Our, our kind of uh, detector uh, of that law is, is a moral habit, uh, which in Greek is called synderesis. Uh, synderesis is the human being's ability to grasp the first principles of morality. Okay, one of, I've enunciated there, uh, to do good and to uh, avoid evil. So it's a, it's a habit. It's naturally ingrained. It, it, it's naturally constituent uh, in our being. And yet, that natural habit uh, that we have, that we share, uh, is it, not yet conscience. Okay? Conscience is... Um, the application of, let's say, universal principles uh, to the singular case, uh, to the singular instance. I, I have to do something. I may have some work to do or some task or some decision. Uh, and that's where conscience technically comes in. Okay, It's not that uh, 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 detection of, of moral principles, but their application uh, in, in a particular instance. So, uh, again, some, um, I suppose, descriptions or, or, or definitions of what conscience does uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, conscience is the practical judgment. Okay, very important uh, uh, distinction here. Or our dictate of reason by which we judge what hic ec nunc, or here and now, is to be done as being good or to be avoided as evil. Okay, so we've we've moved from the universal, uh, uh, we've, we've moved from the general uh, to the particular case, uh, to that practical judgment, uh, not of a feeling or a, a vague sense of awareness, but of our reason. We could say in this case, the natural light of, of, of human reason. Uh, it's a practical judgment about what we should do and what we should avoid. Um, again, a little different uh, from St. Ignatius of, of Loyola. Um, he, he talks about prudence here, and I, I, I'll explain the difference between prudence and, and conscience as we go on. So prudence is not conscience, okay? And conscience is not prudence. There, there is a difference, okay? He says, prudence has two eyes, one that foresees what one has to do, uh, the other that examines afterward what one has done. So this is kind of time interval. Uh, we can 
anticipate certain actions that we're going to do, uh, but also um, in the mechanisms of, of, of conscience, we also look back. Uh, we look at past actions and, and evaluate them in, in, in some way. Okay, now just to uh, give you a, a sense of the difference between prudence uh, and conscience. Um, prudence is um, it, it's a moral habit, moral habitus, um, and it, it, it's, it's our training of character. Uh, it, it's the overall groundwork, you could say, of our moral being. Um, we're learning to become prudent, um, become sensitive to good action all through our lives, or become insensitive to it, become imprudent, let's say, or lacking, lacking in, in prudence. So prudence is something that's there, it's state, it's a hexis in, in, in Greek. Um, it's ongoing, it's our swift, habitual, uh, engagement with life uh, and our, our, our reasonable judgments of how we should act, how we should navigate life itself, our, our, our moral kind of uh, compass is, is, is prudence in, in that sense. So prudence has three acts. Uh, we can break it up into, into three kind of compartments. Uh, the first one is, is counsel, where uh, we deliberate or we reflect on a certain, say, course of action on some subject as well, pertains to practical matters, okay? Uh, uh, we might advi get advice from someone. Uh, we might think it over and mull it over a little bit before we, we come to the second part uh, of, of, um, of prudence, which is judgment. Okay, this act of judgment coincides with the act of conscientia, okay, knowing together with, with, with knowledge, uh, conscience. So they, they, they're not collapsed into each other, conscience and prudence, but they do collide, you know, they, collapse, they, they, they coincide uh, in, in the act of judgment, okay? And if we're to be really technical and, and Thomistic uh, about it, th that's where conscience remains. It, it's that uh, cogitative, uh, cogitative, process of making a judgment, of making a, a, a decision. And prudence transcends that. Um, prudence, again, is our overall character, uh, our overall moral navigator. Uh, very complex, very sophisticated at times, uh, and can take a lifetime to, to build up in, in that sense. The second, um, or the third, aspect of, of prudence is command. Um, that when we've made a decision, uh, when we've chosen a, a course of action, uh, prudence has a, a command function. Uh, it's for the execution um, and, you know, the carrying out of the act. Uh, it's also that command function in prudence itself is the perfection of the habit. It's the most important part, uh, we say. Because uh, it, it, it actually flows into the act itself. Uh, it brings about our own perfection by, by making good acts, uh, by making good choices, and actually executing them. Um, now, uh, conscience can operate without good character. It, it can operate um, correctly, 
um, without prudence. You know, um, a, a gang landlord uh, can make a correct uh, judgment of conscience about a moral act. You know, he can know it's the right thing to cut his grandmother's lawn or something like that, you know. Uh, you know, to be kind to hamsters. I, I don't know, you know, something, something like that, you know. Uh, but you find that, that uh, conscience has a certain independence. Uh, it can make good judgments or bad judgments, but independent, you could say, of prudence, of our overall character. Because it's that voice of God being heard, the moral law, some way penetrating our, our, our being, our, 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 our rational uh, capacity. The thing, however, though, um, if conscience is left alone, um, it can become a bit fragile, uh, unreliable, uh, not a good barometer of, of, of moral action, of how we should carry things out. Uh, it may lack soundness of character, and conscience itself can become uh, reduced to, I ought to, I ought not to. <laughs> okay. Kind of odd, a kind of sense of duty, a very impoverished sense uh, of perhaps what, what conscience can be, um, and and our overall kind of engagement with the good life, uh, with the flourishing that can happen uh, when we we build or we um, we, um, uh, we 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 come to have a good character, okay, uh, have, have prudence in the soul. Um, uh, along with prudence, we have other virtues that help us. Uh, we have theological virtues, uh, faith, hope, and charity can also assist us, uh, again, to, to give us that more rounded view of the person, uh, to be in direct relationship with God through the theological virtues. We also need moral virtues like temperance and courage uh, and, and justice. So I'll be honest in my judgments. Uh, I'll be a just uh, person. Uh, at times, I may lack courage to execute a good judgment. So I, I need another moral virtue there. It's called courage or fortitude. So even if I have a knowing conscience what I should do, I, at times, um, uh, I can get scared. <laughs> okay. I might get scared of owning up uh, to, you know, I was one, the one who broke the window in the glass house, <laughs> you know. Probably better to say it, you know, but uh, uh, we, we, we could lack courage if we don't have the other uh, virtues. Uh, theological charity helps us especially uh, because it's kind of a, a more a synchronization with the things of God. Uh, it's, it's a living sympathy uh, with, with, with divine things. Uh, it brings us into what's called co-naturality, kind of a second in tune nature uh, with, with what God wants, with the way God has constructed the world, the, God, the way God is working things out, uh, uh, and, and gives us a certain ease, a certain, uh, again, a flow, you could say, in, in how we make uh, judgments, actions, how we reflect on things. So um, we're, we're, we're more in tune with, with, with God's voice, uh, with God's plan, uh, with, with God's design, uh, especially through charity. So that rounds us out. Uh, that uh, uh, gives us a sense of a, a more colorful uh, engagement with the moral life. It's not simply a nought. Uh, it's, it's not simply about do's and don'ts. You know, I remember one time giving a, a lecture on Vatican II in, in Drogheda, and 
one woman had seen the poster and she came up to me afterwards. Now, the lecture was quite different. It wasn't do's and don'ts, you know, it was about happiness and you know, human flourishing. She said, when I saw the poster, I said, I'm not going to that. All do's and don'ts, moral theology. <laughs> so actually, you know, it, it, it's not. And this is a way of, of, of looking at it in, in, in this perspective, okay? That more kind of colored in uh, perspective. What it is to be a moral character, what it is to be, say, a disciple of Jesus, what it is to be a, a sound person. Uh, and uh, and reliable and and a model for others at, at times as well. Okay, so what what do our human acts do? Uh, well, uh, they change us. How we act, you know, if we if we if we snack, if we raid the refrigerator too often, you know, we, we get into a snacking habit, don't we? You know, uh, if we uh, eat too many, too many pizzas. Okay, we'll have pizzas tonight, so I'll, I'll, I'll let go on the pizzas, okay? But not too many, you know, you're going to get acne or, or, or things like that, you know? You don't, you don't want to do that, okay? Maybe Domino's pizzas don't do that, okay? So, a human acts do not produce a change merely in the state of affairs outside of man. They do, okay? But to the extent that they are deliberate choices, they are... They give moral definition to the very person who performs them, uh, determining his profound spiritual traits. Okay, John Paul II, Veritatis Splendor, okay? Uh, so as we're acting as moral agents in the world, we're, we're shaping the world. I can redesign my apartment. I can change the town center. I can you know, plant trees. I can, uh, I, I can change the architecture. I can make places beautiful. I can change the external affair of things. But also in me, every time I, I make an act, it has a kind of boomerang effect. Uh, every act is, is self-reflexive. It kind of boomerangs back into me. Uh, if I make a good act, it perfects me in some way. If I make a, a, a dodgy or a, a poor act, a, a bad moral act, it also um, changes me. It reduces me in some way. Okay, so... Uh, we're self-shaping. Uh, St. Gregory of Nyssa say we're, we're in, a, in a fact, we're, we're kind of like our own parents. Uh, we, we're, we're shaping our own being by our, our conscious acts, by our, our deliberate acts, by our voluntary acts. Okay? Um, so, a, 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 a lot of it um, uh, goes into the fiber of who we are. Uh, Aristotle says, as a man is, so does the end, finis, uh, appear to him. Okay, so the kind of character that's been uh, built up over years, we, we could be a scoundrel or a rascal or, or, or a saint or, uh, you know, a very holy uh, person. Uh, but the way we look at moral life and how, how we engage with things depends a lot on our character. Okay, the kind of person I am, my being, sometimes qualifies my acts. It, it can help me to act in a typical way, help me to act in character. It doesn't mean at times we can't act outside of character, but it, it, does, it does shape our, our perception. Uh, it, it, it does shape our way of, of looking at the world and looking at our course, looking at where, 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 where we're going. Uh, so just to, re to be uh, cognizant of, of, of that. And I'll give you some examples, um, just maybe to give it a bit more clarity. 
okay, here's, this might sound familiar to you, okay? Um, these are the defects of prudence. Um, there are uh, some aspects we can look at with St. Thomas Aquinas um, that um, actually can lead to bad actions uh, or to, to poor actions. Um, one is, um, the first one is hastiness. Uh, it's called precipitation also, a hurried action. Um, it can be caused by an impulse of the will. Uh, so we're so um, charged with getting this uh, ticket for Croke Park or whatever that we rush into it, whatever it is, or, or a passion. We're so enamored by someone that we, we ask too quickly, or we're so angry that we, we, we act before we think. So hurried action uh, can, can lead us to make bad judgments, okay? Um, uh, the next one is, is called uh, thoughtlessness, okay? It's a little different from hastiness. Um, you may not be acting hastily, uh, but you may not have put sufficient research into the, the practical judgment you need to make. And it depends on the, on, on the material. If you're, if you're filling in your CAO form, and you put on something you don't really like, or you put it in, you know, without much thought to it. Uh, you don't give the, the moral gravity of what, whatever you're doing uh, enough gravity. Uh, then you're 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 guilty of thoughtlessness, okay? Not giving sufficient time, uh, research, reflection uh, to make a quality judgment here, okay? Um, I think we're all guilty of, of, of these ones. So we're acting very quickly. Um, Another one is irresoluteness. Um, now, what's this? It's, uh, I'm going on the weekend. I'm not going on the weekend. Oh, I'm coming. Oh, I'm not coming. <laughs> you know, make up your mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, irre irresoluteness is, um, is a failure to execute, let's say here, a, a, a good decision, a good course of action. Okay, you're turning your... You're wavering, you're fickle, you're in, you're out. Uh, you're not determined, you're not deliberate. Um, and you're, you're not going anywhere, you're going around circles. Okay, uh, and perhaps a little bit unreliable there. So irresoluteness, and you know, we all suffer, you know, pangs of that uh, as well. Okay, but it's actually against prudence. It's actually against good character. Um, negligence, um, again, similar, it's, it's, um, Lack of due solicitude, um, lack of care about circumstances. Um, maybe it could be driving in frosty weather, uh, black ice, uh, things like that. Uh, if we drive carelessly or negligently, you, you could say, uh, we're not taking enough care of, of, of the circumstances of the, of, of the course in which we're, we're undertaking. Um, so they're different, they're similar. Uh, they, 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 all, they all fall on uh, the matter of less rather than more, okay? Uh, not enough time is given, not enough research, uh, not enough firmness in our decision, uh, and not enough care here, here as well, okay? Um, it's good to quote good theologians at this time, so I, I thought I'd quote Treebeard. I think I must be getting hasty, okay? so. I get him in for a little as well. So, okay, so that's on the, um, uh, the side of less. 
which can affect our, our, our judgment or the execution of our judgment, okay? Uh, super prudence. Uh, again, over the top uh, prudence. Uh, it, it's on the other side uh, of the spectrum. Uh, the first one is, is prudence of the flesh. Uh, how can this affect us? Um, I suppose we call it materialism today. Um, that my, my end, uh, the whole end of my life, is in some way targeted or defined by material gain. Whereas real prudence, not prudence of the flesh, actually considers the whole of my life and where I, I need to flourish, how I, how I can become happy, what's the good life, what's the best life. But it's not, it's not focused on the pounds and the pence or the, you know, the euros and, and, and the cent uh, today. It's, it's, um, so prudence of the flesh. Um, I, can be, I can be very successful, um, but I can suffer from this. Uh, an overly materialistic uh, uh, attitude. The second one um, is uh, perhaps we know this in Irish culture too. Maybe, perhaps you know uh, you can read some of our, of our literature about craftiness. Um, the person who um, puts too much time into um, manipulating a course of events or our, our persons, a, a tactical magician, a person of intrigues, who's, who's Machiavellian, really, in instinct and in principle. You, the end justifies the means, okay? So um, the, the crafty person has a wicked inventiveness regarding how to get somewhere. You know, I'll, I'll get those two to be friends. One has, always got, has already got a drink problem. So to get that other person involved, he will also gain a, a drink problem. This is a story by Parig O'Connor where uh, old Nell, she, she conjures a, a, a son of a friend of hers whom she doesn't like uh, to become friends with an alcoholic to undermine her friend, but also her son. You know, so it's kind of, it's craftiness. It's a kind of evil. Uh, when we overthink things, when, when the means to the end are not good, because prudence is about choosing means to an end. How do I get there? Uh, what, what crossroads do I need to cross? Uh, but for it to be truly prudent, to have good character, we also need to be uh, careful about the means. I can't instrumentalize people in some way, events that involve people as well. Okay, so that's Machiavellian, uh, the prince, okay, the famous book on the grammar of power. That's called uh, the prince, okay. Uh, and just to say guile and fraud, okay, uh, a bit of guile, uh, fraud. It puts that cunning um, thought process into action. Okay, I could become a, a confidence trickster. I can, uh, I, I can, I can, I can take money fraudulently. Uh, I, I, I can cheat people who are not as intelligent as I am, because I'm their accountant. I have responsibility. I, I understand how to invest things and how to. Um, how to take things as well, okay? So fraud and guile, not, not straightforward. Uh, for for St. Thomas Aquinas, um, I don't have it in my notes here, but there, there's a thing which I find interesting, I'd like to know more about it myself, is, is for the good person, there's this quality of simplicitas. Uh, simplicity, not simple-mindedness, but you're straightforward. You're like an arrow. Uh, you can be trusted. And I think the good life is like that. Um, 
you are not manipulative, you're not crooked, you're just, um, you know, in that moral sense, okay? The last one is um, solicitude. Now, really, it shouldn't be solicitude here. It should be being overly solicitous, being overly careful. You know, like when you get your Christmas shopping done in the spring. <laughs> uh, when you uh, were very careful, you show inordinate foresight regarding temporal things. Okay, you're, you're hoarding stuff. Uh, you can't have enough in your house. It's like, remember we had a, a blast of snow uh, a few years ago. Remember people went into the uh, super values and just raided the place, you know? Just, you know. It's, 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 it's that vice of being overly greedy and overly careful about this. You know, there used to be a meme going around, you know, one flake of snow and people were raiding the <laughs> deals in all these places. <laughs> so, you know, so they might run out of hamburgers or, or bread, you know, wh whatever it is. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a fault. It, it, again, these, these pearls of superprudence, as I call them, they're, they're in excess. They're the more. Uh, the virtue of, of prudence, the habitus of prudence, the good character is, is somewhere in between, not just the middle, but He's able to navigate, or she's able to navigate the course in between the extremes. So the, the good moral life is somehow not, not about so much about the extremes, but the, the, the careful, navigated, uh, sensitive, acute middle course, the golden mean, uh, which actually um, draws people to us, you know, because people see, okay, how, how do I look at that? You know, how, 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 how do I work this out? Um, okay, so there, those are just give you some kind of color on, on, on how it can go wrong, how this will affect our conscience, it'll affect our judgments, okay, because we're, we're a certain kind of person, and a certain kind of person has certain kind of qualified acts, unless he or she is acting out of character, which can happen too because of free will, uh, because of our, our, you know, the dignity of our, of our freedom as well, okay, so I'll keep going. Okay, I'm going back to conscience now, okay? Um, the act of conscientia. Um, so, uh, again, this is St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, and again, he, he describes it quite well. What, what, what are the different kind of things going on when our conscience is working, when our conscience is aware, when, it, when it's doing what, it, what it's meant to do? Uh, the first thing is that um, conscience is a witness um, we recognize we have done or not done something. Maybe not, not filled out your tax forms or something. Or we recognize that um, we forgot to bring a book back to the library. You know, uh, we still have it on our shelf, okay? Uh, but Berkeley will be on to you, you know? Uh, <laughs> love that, okay. So it witnesses, okay? It, 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 it wakes us up. It, it, it does the herald job. It, 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 you know, it just tells us um, something needs to be done or something hasn't been done. Okay? And that's very helpful for just our, our, our life, you know, our, our, our careers, our, our, our families, you know, our, our, our course of studies, our, you know, our time as a student. Um, also, uh, another aspect of it is, is that conscience incites or binds so it, it encourages us, gives us more courage, 
it, it tells us, you know, or, or it binds us. We're bound to a certain course. You know, we're we're being kind of tempted with blackmail. We're we're, we're being 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 um, we're being given bribes as a judge, and not to, not to go into the witness box, uh, not to go to the court. You know, where, uh, but we, we're bound by our conscience that I have to testify uh, here. Um, you see this. It's a good film. Um, on the waterfront, or on the waterfront, yeah, you see this 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 this, this courage that you need at times to testify uh, uh, against serious crime. You know that will be an example of it. Okay, and also uh, uh, our conscience can accuse us, can be our accuser at times. Have to be careful about that because uh, it can torment us at times. Um, sometimes we've made a wrong decision, we've made a wrong turn. Uh, and it can kind of come at us like a pang of conscience, you could say. Um, but it's also uh, good to, to, to note that our conscience can also excuse us. It, it was the right action. Um, what it did was the right thing. I can't go back. And there's a liberation in it. I would say, you know, even when it's accusing or tormenting and I, I want to talk about that a little bit more later because it can get excessive. Um, it's, it's to bring us back on the right road. It's to bring us back on the road of liberation. Okay, so some now and again you kind of say, well, I should have asked that person to, um, you know, my ordination or to my wedding. And uh, you have a kind of a pang and then you go back and you invite them and it's fine. You know, it was the right decision to, to invite. So your judgment is there is good, okay? And, and, and conscience is doing its work at the same time, okay? Uh, to muffle conscience is, is a dangerous thing because we can become callous. Um, I, I, I'll talk about that later on. Um, your conscience, uh, Ecclesiastes says, your conscience knows that you have often spoken evil of others. Okay, so it is part of your your moral gauge as well, um, your moral record in, in your own heart. I would say. Okay, so uh, some some. Uh, some fallacies. I'm really giving you the Catholic experience or Catholic tradition as regards uh, uh, conscience today. Okay, so uh, pop culture has an idea of conscience because we all share conscience, but it, it has some fallacious or uh, erroneous ways of looking at conscience. Um, one is we call we call what Joseph Ratner called the um, the canonization of subjectivity, where conscience is is uh, it's it squeezed into a nice feeling. How do you feel about him? Have you got feelings for him? Are the feelings good? Are they nice feelings? Careful, <laughs> okay? Feelings are not a good barometer. They change rapidly, change quickly, okay? Uh, or being sincere. Well, I'm a sincere person, I'm a nice person, I'm a good person. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't be sincere, and I'm not saying you should just completely negate feelings, okay? I'm just saying that they're not your, they're not your gauge Okay, they're not your navigator. Your navigator is your reason. The natural light of human reason, but also um, elevated by faith, by hope, by charity, etc. Okay. Um, so that's one way. It's just a nice feeling. It's just a way of being sincere. And whatever my conscience says, you know, it's 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 justified. Okay. So careful. Okay, that's not conscience. Okay. Uh, conscience is groupthink. Um, it's social consensus. Careful of this, you know. Think of World War II. 
how many people went along, how many people collaborated, uh, how many people justified what was happening in these great atrocities. And today we see, you know, similar things happening in our world, in, in, in Europe as well. Um, so be careful, it's not groupthink, it's not what Dublin, you know, Parnell said, what Dublin thinks today, Ireland will say tomorrow. What Ireland will think tomorrow, you know? Um, Words those effect. Okay, so you see how how you know what uh, what group think can do. It's a very powerful um, impression. It's a very powerful uh, influence on us. What other people think, or what's what's you know what's the cool thing to do. I remember going to a retreat one time. I thought it was Ronan Johnson gave the retreat, but he 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 told the young people leave cool on the bus. <laughs> okay. I thought a very good way of putting it, okay? Just come back and be yourself and enjoy the retreat and you can put cool back on afterwards, you know? But but it's groupthink. They're watching me. What do they think? What's the cool thing? What's the right thing to do? In all kinds of pressured situations, like even as I'm talking, I'm aware of it. You know, who's who's, who's listening to this? You know, I'm, I'm aware of it too, you know? We all are. Uh, the third one is that conscious is uh, infallible. Okay, that once you've, you've followed your conscience, you're okay. Uh, you're, you're off the hook, uh, you've done the right thing. Uh, no, okay, the Catholic uh, tradition recognized that conscience can err at times. Even if we've been sincere, you know, even if we've done the right um, background work, we can still get it wrong. Even if we're a good practicing Catholic, for example, a good Christian, you know, a good, uh, uh, you know, uh, a statesperson, you know, we, we can still get it wrong. Conscience is not infallible. There's no charism of infallibility attached to conscience. Actually, conscience can err. It can be erroneous. Okay, it can slip away from, from moral truth. Um, yeah, I put in the, the Star Wars thing there because I remember uh, an article by Thomas Hard one time talking about um, you know, the great homily given in, uh, in the first Star Wars program was, or uh, film was when uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi um, told um, Luke Skywalker, you know, kind of trust your feelings, <laughs> okay? Use the force. He says, well, that's, that's a great homily. That's one of the best sermons ever given, okay? And our culture believes it, okay? Uh, it's not that, uh, those are not the exact words, but it's, it's that kind of genre of, of advice, okay? He says, use the force, Luke. Let go, Luke. Luke, trust me, okay? So be careful. It's an erroneous... Um, understanding of what conscience is. You could say, okay, if you want to go, you want to dig into it a little bit. Okay, so so some fallacies in, in pop culture and beyond pop culture as well, okay? Um, okay, this is where it gets kind of a bit sticky, a little tricky, okay? That even if conscience is an error, it can still have its dignity. Okay, uh, Vatican II says, the church says that conscience frequently, frequently errs through invincible ignorance without losing its dignity. Okay, uh, so the person can be doing what's right according to their judgment of conscience, and their conscience has a certain sanctuary. It's a certain protected area. If they've done enough investigation, if they've done enough research, if they've asked advice, whatever, if they've done the proper things, and this is what their judgment says they should do, um, they're obliged to do it. 
even if it's objectively wrong. It's usually kind of maybe um, things of lesser in, in, import, okay? So we, we, we use the rule of thumb, a certain conscience obliges and one follows it. So a certain conscience, not a doubtful conscience. It's not a, a conscience of perplex. It's not one that's in between two ways, okay? A certain conscience, a calm, serene judgment when you've done the necessary work um, and you're, you're going to execute that. Yeah, you're actually, you're, you're operating your own moral integrity, uh, your own moral goodness. You're bringing that into play. Uh, and that's why, even if it's an error, uh, a certain conscience obliges us. Okay, and to be, to not follow would be go against ourselves. Okay, but it does ask the question, how does that ignorance or how does that error creep into conscience? Uh, what, what happens? What, what goes wrong? Okay, um, so the ignorance can be culpable. It means I can be guilty of that ignorance. Uh, I may not know something like that sexual behavior before marriage is, is, is improper. Um, uh, and I may not know that. It's, it's funny how many young people don't actually know that. Today, you know, if you're 14, 13, 14, living in London, you've brought up this way, you've brought up in a certain way of life, you may not be aware that sex is for marriage, <laughs> okay? You may not have had influences or people around you who might have given you that message, okay? You might not be culpable of that error, okay? And sometimes you are, okay, if you're a lawyer, if you're a solicitor, if you're a priest, if you're a school principal, and um, you, you make a, 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 an error in something, you, you could be caught because you really could have made the effort to, to find that out, to understand that principle, to understand the law there, uh, to understand what was the right prudent course of action there. Um, so ignorance can be culpable, we're guilty, um, or it can be non-culpable. Okay, so even though our conscience may get it wrong at times, it could be innocent and it could be made in, in good faith, okay? So you may find that with your friends. You may find, you know, they have good values, uh, they're good company, uh, you don't agree on lots of things, and you wonder, where's this coming from? It's their conscience. It's that secret gauge, that secret echo of God in, in, in their life. Um, that's um, a protected zone, okay? God enters conscience, so God, you know, we've got to, Listen to the voice of God, okay? Uh, areas of judgment, well, we've got a, a, an obligation to try and correct them as well. Um, try and read, get advice. Uh, I, I'll give you some corrections here. I'll give you some uh, kind of sources for that just um, uh, as we go. Um, and just to be aware as well that uh, an error of conscience can, even in good faith, can abide over a, a period of time, you know? Um, you can, um, like, if you, if you know Pride and Prejudice, Elizabeth Bennett got Mr. Darcy wrong. <laughs> okay. And the best thing about the book is that she realized it at the end. Well, he didn't do a great job in presenting himself, but, but she got it wrong. You know, I was wrong about him. She saw the goodness of character coming out. She was wondering, what is character? What is his character? Okay. Just, it's not a judgment, it's an objective, their, their actions, whatever, okay? But so we, we get it wrong, uh, and we have to kind of humble in that regard as well. 
So invincible means it can't be overcome. Invincible means it can't be overcome. Um, there's a typo there as well, don't worry. Okay. So education of conscience. Education of conscience, the catechism says, is a lifelong task. It doesn't start today, it doesn't stop today, okay? It didn't start yesterday and it won't end tomorrow, okay? Uh, how do we do it? Um, how, do we, how do we make our conscience noble, uh, acute, uh, sensitive to moral truth? to the goodness of, of the created world, the structures God has given, okay? The first place is, is the word of God. Immerse yourself in the word of God. Pour over the scriptures. Uh, read, read the gospels. Uh, the second uh, way is, is by, by faith and prayer, you know, uh, to pray, um, to go on one's knees, to, to pray, to be in the presence of, of God. And ask him in sincere prayer, guidance, illumination, the Holy Spirit, etc. Okay? Uh, put yourself in this time of Lent or other times before the Lord's cross. You know, um, you know, are we ignoring the poor? Are we are we doing something that's kind of bullying or are, are, are we doing something that's uh, hypocritical? Put yourself before the Lord's cross, you'll find out. Um, also, we need uh, heroic and non-heroic witnesses, good witnesses, people around us, our, our, our families, our, our, our fathers, perhaps our uncles, you know, uh, local, um, local people who are, who are good models. And then there are heroes as well. There are saints, okay? They're, they're, they're great models uh, as well that can help us in, in the moral life, in our, in our moral course, in where we're going, okay? Uh, we, can have, uh, we can also turn towards learned and trustworthy theologians. Okay, that think with the church, centuri cum ecclesia, to think with the church, um, uh, are, are recognized for their orthodoxy, are, are recognized for, for the, the quality of their theology. Um, and even St. Teresa of Avila said she'd, she'd prefer to have a learned professor or confessor rather than a holy one, you know. So uh, it's not that holiness is, is, is ruled out here, you know, it's not, but learning. Uh, and people with a, a greater skill uh, at, at dealing with more complex issues as well. Uh, so we can have good uh, theologians. St. Thomas was the best, okay? So that's kind of a bit biased, but you know. Okay, John Henry Newman is quite good too, okay? Uh, okay, prudent advice. Uh, if you've got good friends in your faith, if you're practicing your faith, uh, if you're Catholic, may not be, but prudent advice, someone who, someone who has your back, someone you can rely on, someone... Uh, Someone, um, someone won't put it on Twitter, you know, <laughs> that, 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 that sense, okay? So you just may need counsel at times, not counseling in a formal sense, you may need that, but you need someone who has a bit more experience of life. You know, for me, because as a younger priest, it would be an older priest, for example, you know, or it may be someone who's, who's in your career, who's a few steps up the ladder. It might be someone like that, okay? So prudent advice, good advice. Uh, priests who have some theological uh, formation, consecrated men and women, consecrated religious as well, okay? And then the magisterium of the church is there to guide conscience. Uh, churches promise the assistance of the Holy Spirit. I put it at number eight, not, not that it, it, it should be at number eight. Uh, it, it can be much higher up there, depending on the, the, the issue you're dealing with. If it's a difficult thing in bioethics, for example, uh, you may need to read some of the, the magisterial statements on, on, on something like that, okay? Or things like a, a, abortion or, 
Oh, you know, so there's some delicate matters. You need to, you, you, you need the church's voice. Um, the, you need that assistance from an external source as well, okay? Uh, so it's not necessarily at the last there, okay? Uh, and that does help us because we, we, we live in community. We're, we're not um, just individuals, you know, radical individualism. Okay, so I'm, I'm coming to the end of, of my talk. I just want to maybe give you kind of a few examples um, of, of, of conscience and um, different kind of degrees of sensitivity of conscience, okay? Uh, two that are not good and the other one that is good, okay? What we're, we're looking for, okay? So a, a lax conscience, first one. It has a very poor sense of right and wrong. Uh, it's sluggish, blasé, self-justifying, and dishonest. Okay, be careful. It's very, it's very prominent. Okay, it's very, very widespread. Okay, uh, it's shut off from objective truth. Okay, our meaning of conscience—that it comes from, you know, a, an echo of objective truth coming into our into our lives, the gospel, uh, etc., the teaching of, of Jesus of Nazareth, for example, for us who are disciples of, of Jesus. Okay, um, so you know that's commonplace. Uh, causes and effects. How does that happen? Well, over a lifetime, neglect, poor education, wrong friends, powerful ideologies, unruly passions, living advice. Okay. Um, the, the difficulty and the real terror, you could say, of, of moral laxness is that it can become callous or hardened. A, a lax conscience can become callous. Uh, it, it, we, we can see it in dictatorships. Um, we can see it in, in crime, mafiosa types. Uh, we can see it in forms of, of bullying. Okay, uh, and that's the danger. A lax conscience in itself is, is, is not a great thing. It's not a not a good weapon, you say, for the moral life. But uh, but it can become callous, which is far more serious, I think. Uh, the other one you need to avoid is a, a scrupulous conscience. Uh, it's a conscience that's overly rigid. Um, what does it cause? It causes terror. It causes great anxiety. It's a great torment to a person. It's not a healthy conscience, okay? Uh, it causes states of groundless fear and real torment in our inner being, okay? The signs of scruples are excessive anxiety, uh, circular thinking over and back. You never get to the bottom of a, a scruple. A scruple is the bottom of the well. It's a bottomless well. You never get to the bottom of it, okay? So be careful with them. Uh, they come up in all kinds of forms. They have their, their calling cards, but it's always excessive anxiety, pain, circular thinking, irrelevant accusations of self. Uh, the focus on, is on self. It's not on God. Like I would say to people, God has no problem. God has already forgiven your sins. The problem is you. You know, I, I wouldn't say that directly. You know, but, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kinder, okay? I'm kinder than that, but, but you understand. But, the, the scrupulous person never voyages out of the self. To go into God is an adventure in, in morality, in goodness, in, 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 in creativity, in, 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 in all kinds of things. But the scrupulous person stays rooted in self. Okay? Um, and it can be like all kinds of things. Okay? Just, just be careful of it. Okay? It's not healthy. You need to help. Uh, how do you remedy it? Uh, healthy recreation, a balanced lifestyle. I would always recommend firm decision making. Uh, something we're not, we're very, very fragile in our decision making. We need to be firm, resolved, deliberate. Once you made a good decision, stick with it. If it comes back at you again, you start getting this big anxiety, just treat it like a temptation. 
You have to, there's no speculative cure for scruples. You have to be cruel. You have to be kind of really firm with them. Okay, you really have to, to tread on them. They'll cause you a great deal of pain. And, and not moral progress, but lack of moral progress. You get stuck. You scruples to be stuck, not able to make decisions about smaller things, smaller matters, okay? You have to be open, open to advice, again, from priests, uh, theologians, people older than you, especially confessors and spiritual directors. I think you, you need to have that kind of openness, that docility to, be, to learn. And again, devout prayer. Okay. Um, okay, so be careful of the scrupulous conscience. It, it kind of camouflages itself as a good conscience, but it's actually it's an unhealthy state of being. And we all, we all suffer from scruples at some stage, don't worry about it. Some of the great saints did, but let's not get stuck in them, okay? Let's not get kind of uh, bogged down in them, okay? Okay, the tender conscience is where we want to go. Okay, so the mind is steady and balanced. The natural light of human reason informed by faith, etc. The mind is fixed on God. You know, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. It's docile to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because you may be going one direction, but the Holy Spirit may point you another way. Okay, Paul went to Arabia. Jesus was prompted by the Spirit to go into the desert, okay? Etc. Or you may be going towards one career choice, and you might actually get inspired to go down another kind of alleyway or another other avenue, okay? Uh, it's careful to avoid sin. It strives for the excellences of life, the virtues that we've been talking about. Um, to excel, you know, in, in that sense. Um, it preserves peace and serenity. It's a calm conscience. Because um, it's in tune with, with objective truth. Uh, and it practices, uh, it practices charitable action. It's sensitive to the voice of the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. So that's where we're trying to get to. Uh, that's what practice moral maturity is about, uh, getting to that moment of tenderness with, with, with God's voice, uh, with our own moral decisions, uh, and, and firmness in the good so that we can actually come to the persons we're, we're, we're created to be. Okay. Thank you very much.